Love is the fear of God and listen to the Holy Gospel, a chapter from the Holy Gospel, constant to may his blessings remain, a song of the with the Prophet and King, may his blessings remain, teach me to do your will, for you are my God, your spirit is good, lead me in the land of uprightness, of uprightness, loving kindness in the morning for you and you do I trust cause me to know the way in which I should walk for I lift up my soul to you Christ, the Son of the living God, glory be to you forever and ever. Amen. And it came to pass, and he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to sit before him. And he will answer from within and say, Don't trouble me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I can't rise and give you a gift to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from his father, for any, from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who seek, who ask Him? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday after the Pentecost and our reading today was from the Gospel of St. Luke chapter 11 verse 1 to 13. But let me share with you the last verse we read today from the Pauline Epistle which is chapter 14, chapter 14 verse 15 verse 29. St. Paul says, but I know that when I come to you, 
I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. St. Paul wants to tell us whenever we hear the gospel, whenever we are in the presence of God who is teaching us and telling us his word, we are not listening to the word from a deacon who read the gospel or any of the epistles, but we are listening to God himself. I am coming, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. So please don't expect less than the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Maybe you never heard or you never enjoyed or experienced this fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. In the liturgy we say it is the lab in which we can gain what we hear about. The leading is to lead us to gain something more through the unity of the body of Christ in the end. Back to our reading today with the Gospel from St. Luke from verse 1 to 13, chapter 11. The disciples have seen the Lord doing many miracles. He raised the dead and he calmed the storm and he healed many different diseases and he created an eye or eyes for this man, for this man who was born blind. But they never told him, teach us how to calm the storm. They never told him, teach us how to raise a dead person. The only time that mentioned in the whole Gospels, the four Gospels this time, teach us how to pray. In the feast of the Pentecost, the church was telling us the Holy Spirit came upon you and he, he made every one of us an indwelling place, a holy temple, since we are baptized. And it's time to use this power to start first to learn from the Lord how to pray. If we can, if the disciples were not in need to learn how to perform miracles, because they knew it was just by pronouncing the name of Jesus, all miracles has been done. But to pray, we need someone to, to teach us. Again, if we are in the 50 day, after the 50 days of the Pentecost, the church is telling us every, every home, every house is a church. How are we going to teach our children to pray? Maybe they are not able yet to tell us, teach us how to pray. But it's my responsibility to see me at least standing properly praying and kneeling properly and praying and worshiping God. The disciples were teaching us that there is a need to learn how to pray. Sometimes we are standing before God just trying to recite some memorized prayers, which is true. We need to memorize prayers, but then we need to talk to God. He is our Heavenly Father. Are we learning? Are we teaching our children? Have, have we, are we seeking someone to teach us how to pray? Or we feel that we can make it without anyone telling us anything? That's why, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, here is the prayer, our Father who art in heaven. And all of us, we knew the prayer. And all of us, we know, we recited since we were too young. But how do we expend time to go in depth in each verse? I'm sure every one of us has heard and read many books and many sermons about the Lord's Prayer. But he is telling me, when you pray this morning, the Lord's Prayer, we pray it many times during the liturgy. Do you stand and focus on a certain verse every time? Or you feel that it's time to recite it? It's not a time of recitation. It's a time to know how the Lord taught us how to pray. 
That's why after he finished telling them how to pray, they started to negotiate something different. The Lord was telling him, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. He's telling them and telling us, and we have to say, say to everyone of us, that prayer is a request, is to ask, is to knock, and also is to seek something from God, who is able to provide all our needs according to His richness in glory. But one of the main, very famous questions people will always ask: Why the whole Lord's Prayer in the Gospel of Saint Luke is different from the prayer in the Gospel of Saint Matthew? Saint Matthew he added the ending which we use: For thine is the power and the glory. And Saint Luke didn't mention which one the Lord has said, and why there is a difference. And the second question, why the church is always adding something not mentioned in both of them, neither in Matthew 6 or in Luke 11, when we say, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And again, the Lord is telling us, when I teach you how to pray, I'm not telling you, ignore the whole Bible. You have to pray with the whole spirit of the whole Bible. In fact, what the Lord told them is what is written in the Gospel of St. Luke. Why St. Matthew added the glory at the end? Because according to the Jewish tradition, there is no prayer shouldn't end with the glory, or Zion is the glory and power. So St. Matthew was talking to a Jew, Jewish people. The Gospel of St. Matthew written to the Jewish nation. They knew that every prayer should end with the glory. And the church learned from the Lord. He was telling us, you have to pray everything through Jesus Christ's name. So we added through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when we pray today, we have the version of St. Matthew, plus what we are saying. We add the intercession, the power of the name of Christ, through whom we, our prayers are accepted. But if you go to the whole passage today, it ends up with something totally different. Why are you going to pray? To receive something above your nature. As we discussed on Thursday in our Bible study, St. Philoxenus was telling us, when we pray and receive the Holy Spirit, we receive a power beyond our ability, beyond our imagination. So when we are praying, we are receiving power of conversion, the power of the Holy Spirit. Power of purification and sanctification. Yes, we got it in, the, in our baptism. But every third hour, every time we come to church, we pray again to fill us once more. Because we need to be refilled, as St. Paul said in Ephesians 5.18. We used to recite these verses many times. Ask, seek, and knock. Of course, it is regarding prayer. But when the Lord concluded at the very end, He was telling us, I'm telling you to pray, but for a greater gift. This, this is what, you, what the church received on the day of Pentecost. If you then, verse 13, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? It is a continuous prayer to be refilled and filled many times with the Holy Spirit. And again, the disciples learned the lesson and they knew we have to ask, knock and seek. 
and every time we'll do it we are gaining the great power more filling of the Holy Spirit if you need to repent for a sin if you need to conquer your enemy if you need to forgive if you need to love you can't make it but through the work of the Holy Spirit whom you have to ask, seek and knock is able to give it to you and the disciples in the book of Acts chapter 4 was showing us we learned the lesson and he wanted to tell us you also we also have to learn the lesson to know that in his presence when we pray when we ask seek and knock we are going to receive something in the gospel in the book of acts chapter 4 from verse 29 there was a great threat from the roman uh, empire from the high priests from the Jewish religious leaders and they started to, call, to gather all of them and to pray and after they prayed here what they said and now Lord look upon their threats and grant to thy servants to speak thy word with all boldness while thou stretched out thy hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of thy holy servant Jesus and here what happened and when they have bra- had prayed they listened and they prayed the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness so the disciples were showing us the same once more when we are gathered, when we pray together, the Holy Spirit will come upon us and we receive more power to, to speak boldly with the Word of God. As if the church in the fast of the Apostle is telling each one of us, now every liturgy you are in the presence of the awesome God. In every liturgy you are uniting yourself with the Son of God, seeking more filling of the Holy Spirit. When you go out after the liturgy, what are you going to do? To blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, to blaspheme against the Word of God, to live your own sinful life as, as it was. He was saying, after that, they were all filled with the Spirit and spoke the Word of God with boldness. Whom are you going to speak the Word of God with boldness after you receive additional power? Again, we spoke before many times that how people can blaspheme against the Holy Spirit not with their tongues, not with their teaching but with their behavior when we deny that we received a power of conversion and we are still living the same sinful life we heard the same words many times but I am insisting I am not going to depart from my bad attitudes because this is me you have to accept me as I am yes God is accepting you as you are but he is not accepting your attitudes as you as are because your actions and your deeds and your rejection for conversion your rejection for repentance and confession it shows that you are not worshipping him but you are worshipping yourself that's why you'll find St. Peter who is telling us today in the Catholic epistle what sort of belief do you receive? what sort of power? why do you receive? why are you seeking this Holy Spirit? he says in verse 2 elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit. If you go out of the liturgy, after praying, after seeking, knocking, and asking for the Holy Spirit to refill us, we are seeking a sanctification of the Spirit. Why? For obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
He is putting the two ways in front of our eyes and we have nothing else to preach in the church whether the way of sanctification or the way of unholiness the way of destruction or the way of eternal life does it make us fearful? It makes us balanced to know that every single word comes of our mouth it shows where we are if you are blaspheming against God or we are following Him if you are testifying with boldness to His word or we are testifying that we are worshipping ourselves here is my mind, I'm not going to change that's why St. Peter continued in verse 3 and he said to us we have a living hope through the direction of Christ Jesus from the dead. It is our living hope that every time we come before Him, He is going to change us. Why? Because He is faithful to fulfill His word. Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, He said, He is watchful to perform His word in our life. So please, this liturgy and every liturgy, it's a time of conversion. A time to receive and more filling of the Holy Spirit. Please reject all what you came with in your mind. Accept something new. Accept a new filling to speak boldly to everyone with the Word of God. I am sure that everyone is coming to the liturgy with his own pains, with his own troubles, with his own problems. He is telling you it's time to put it in the altar. It's time to believe that I am the one who is managing the whole world. You can't manage your life, you can't manage the life of your children, but He is the Creator, the Pantocrator, who is, who is mighty and able to save. Through no prayer, we are able to obey for the sanctification of the Spirit. Let us all praise this liturgy in a different spirit to receive new feeling and to enjoy speaking boldly with the word of God to everyone to be filled and filled more. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.